from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Come on inside. It's warm on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Good thing, because it's cold where I am and where you are too today. Sean Kelly coming to you from Cleveland, Ohio this afternoon, where we uh, get set for Cavaliers and Pelicans tonight. And then back home, of course, in southeast Louisiana, winter weather is on the way. So we hope that you are uh, safe and sound, warm and ready to go on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. Well, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to hit on three different topics. As we mentioned, we're in Cleveland, Ohio today, where the Pelicans will go for their third straight win in their fourth and five games when they take on Kyrie Irving and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And to help us get set for that, we'll visit with Pelicans point guard Brian Roberts today, talk about his recent play, his matchup tonight with Kyrie Irving, and playing close to home. Brian, as you know, hails from Dayton, Ohio, not too far down the road. Also not too far down the road is Canton, and that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a big week for the Hall. They'll announce their newest inductees later on this week. And Daniel Salerson has a one-on-one -on -one visit on today's Black and Blue Report with the president and executive director of the Hall. That's David Baker. And then, of course, it's Media Day at the Super Bowl. We get a chance to learn more about Media Day from a man who's participated. Saints cornerback Jabari Greer is on the program today. We'll ask him about his Super Bowl and Media Day memories and get an update on his knee injury. So a very nice show for you today here from Cleveland, Ohio, as we'll visit with Brian Roberts, Jabari Greer, and up next, David Baker, the executive director and president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Stay tuned. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners, so play for the thrill. License to Thrill, you belong at the Beau. See M-Life desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. All right, we're ready to get started with our guests on today's Black and Blue Reports. David Baker is the new president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Baker's also served time as the commissioner of the Arena Football League, and he and his staff have a big week ahead as they get set to announce their newest inductees later this week to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And while Canton is just down the road, all the focus is in New York, where Baker 
and of course his team is situated and ready to go for the big voting process which begins later this week. To learn more about the process and about David Baker, here's our own Daniel Sowerson. Thanks, Sean. Before Mr. Baker was named the sixth president slash executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he spent the last four years as a partner in Union Village, the largest health care project in the United States, creating thousands of jobs in Henderson, Nevada, as the first integrated health village in the world. And before that, he was the commissioner of the Arena Football League for 12 years. David Baker, thank you for joining us. And uh, first, I got to start by asking you, what made you uh, take this job and get back into football? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I missed football, and I, I was enjoying what I was doing. But frankly, I think that uh, you know, the next six years are going to be real exciting here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. In six years, we're going to celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the NFL, which began right here in, in Canton in uh, 1920. So I think, uh, you know, there's an opportunity here, and I feel almost evangelically passionate about the mission of the Pro Football Hall of Fame to celebrate excellence and to honor our heroes and to preserve the history of the, of the game and also to promote the values of the game. So I think, uh, you know, I think that there's a great platform that's been built here, and I look forward to these uh, next years of, of, of working on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. David, correct me if I'm wrong, but on Saturday, February 1st, the Hall of Fame Selection Committee will meet to discuss the finalists for this year's Hall of Fame. When you all meet, are you deciding who gets in, and uh, how does this whole process work for uh, those who don't know? Yeah, basically, it, it's a little bit like uh, electing the Pope in the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> uh, it's uh, one of those things where you you know, are cloistered together with 46 um, um, guys from the media, some electronic and some print, uh, generally, it is a member from um, uh, every NFL uh, town. And then in addition to that, you've got a number of at-large representatives who are selectors. Uh, they will go over 15 finalists uh, that have been um, taken from nominations throughout the year that are uh, reduced throughout the year to a final 15, and also two uh, from the senior committee that uh, you know have really been there out of history. And... Um, what will happen, there will be a minimum of four and a maximum of seven that will be selected uh, throughout the day. This year, for the first time, we're actually going to have some cameras uh, in the selection room. Okay. And uh, they will allow fans to kind of peek behind the curtain, if you will, uh, of the Wizards who pick uh, the, you know, the Hall of Fame uh, famers for the class of 2014. Very cool. Now, is it a majority vote, or is there a certain percentage of vote like the Baseball Hall of Fame in order for someone to get in? No, for, for each person that's elected, you actually have to get 80% vote. So it's, a, it's a very difficult to get in. It is a, an extreme honor. And I would tell you that these guys who are selectors, uh, many of them have been doing it for a long time, but they take it you know, incredibly seriously. And uh, you know, it is a solemn responsibility for them. It is a fiduciary duty to the game. And so uh, there's a, you know, a lot of debate. There's a lot of discussion. And if a guy is selected to the Hall of Fame, uh, it will definitely be earned because you know, an 80% vote is uh, very difficult to get. You mentioned the selectors. Is, is it sort of like how, how do you become a selector? I know in baseball there's a Baseball Writers Association. It, I'm sure it's different in football. Can you explain to the listeners how, how you become a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter? Well, you know, it's a, it's something that's earned. It is, uh, you know, a group that is uh, selected by the Hall of Fame. Again, generally, 
you know, it includes, you know, someone from each of the uh, NFL teams, you know, that is covering those teams. And then uh, there's a, a position that is from the Pro Football Writers Association that is selected. And Joe Horgan, um, who is our uh, senior vice president of uh, communications here, um, he's been working with these guys, you know, uh, not the entire 50 years that the Hall of Fame has been in existence, but for most of them. We're talking with David Baker, president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, of course, we heard some controversy in the Baseball Hall of Fame with a writer selling his vote uh, to a website. David, do you ever worry about something like that happening with the Pro Football Hall of Fame voting? Well, it's something that we guard very seriously. I mean, you know, presently we don't allow uh, votes to go public. It's something that is discussed, you know, from time to time. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, people have to come into this room, according to our bylaws, according to the ethics of how we do this, with an open mind. And, uh, and you know, it is their determination to, to make it themselves. And so far, we have not allowed votes to be made public. Um, and if, frankly, if someone violates our bylaws or our confidentiality rules, uh, they are either suspended uh, or they may be uh, terminated. Gotcha. Former Saints uh, kicker Morton Anderson is a finalist. I don't know if you can answer this next question, but one, do you think he gets in? And if he does get in, how does this affect maybe specialists in the future being nominated and potentially getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, I, you know, I don't know whether he gets in. I mean, that's going to be up to the selectors themselves. But I can tell you that uh, you know, sometimes it's very difficult because of, you know, uh, statistics of, uh, you know, critical moments, uh, you know, in, in, in guys' careers. Uh, sometimes there are guys who had a brilliant short career uh, that are overshadowed by guys who have a long career. And certainly Morton Anderson comes into that category of somebody who's had a significant career. And, you know, the, I, I don't have it right in front of me, but I think he's got something on the order of over 5,000 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just incredible. And, uh, you know, so specialist, you know, uh, Ray Guy is also on the list. And, right. You know, uh, it's one of those things where I, I don't think that they have been um, honored, you know, as frequently, you know, uh, with their selection and enshrinement. But I think certainly if Morton Anderson or Ray Guy uh, are selected, that will bode well for future specialists in the game. We're talking with David Baker, president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, David, since the Super Bowl has been announced, the matchup between the Broncos and Seahawks, everyone I've interviewed, I've uh, put on the spot and asked for a prediction. Do you have a prediction for Sunday's game? You know, I, 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 gosh, I, I wish I did, Dana. I mean, I, uh, I've got two guys who I have an enormous amount of respect for uh, who are playing in this game. One is uh, Pete Carroll, and uh, Pete uh, coached my son at USC, and, uh, you know, did so well there, and it was uh, was such a positive influence on my son and a lot of other guys. Uh, I'd love to see Pete win. I respect his philosophy, and I think he's really got to go with the Seahawks, and his defense is incredibly tough. Uh, the other guy is John Elway, who was one of my you know best owners in the Arena Football League. And uh, I remember when he was uh, he won a uh, Arena Bowl championship with the Colorado Crush. Mm-hmm. And at his press conference afterwards, he said that, you know, it, it was more gratifying to him 
them winning the Super Bowl when he played in it. And oh, wow. here I am, I'm the commissioner of the Arena Football League, and I was questioning that myself. <laughs> I said, how can that be? And he said, well, you know, he said, when I played in the Super Bowl, it was all about playing one position. He says, as an owner and general manager, he says, it was about, you know, in the Arena Football League, it was about all eight positions on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I got to, to feel like I was involved in every part of this team. So I was kind of thinking as he was progressing through the playoffs, how must this feel for him now to come back as a, a general manager um, for the Broncos to be involved in something that he had taken to the Super Bowl as a, as a quarterback. So, you know, Dana, I, I think uh, I think I'm in a can't-miss situation. Either one of those guys wins, I'm going to be happy for him. I think Peyton is uh, – I think he's going to light it up, but uh, Pete's got a great defense. Uh, and it's going to try to shut him down. So, you know, I don't think I'm smart enough to pick uh, a winner in this one, Dana, but I will tell you this, I think it's going to be a great game. Fair enough. I agree with you there. David Baker, uh, the president and executive director of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. David, I wish you luck on Saturday with the voting and enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Thanks, Dana. Appreciate it. Look forward to you guys. Hope you're having fun down there in New Orleans. We are Pro Football Hall of Fame Executive Director and President David Baker. Sean, back to you. Coming up next in the Black and Blue Report, we'll visit with Saints cornerback Jabari Greer after this quick timeout. The Pelicans Valentine's three-game flex pack presented by Woodhouse Day Spa is a great gift for the basketball lover in your life. This limited-time offer includes two tickets to any three games of your choice on the Pelicans schedule, including matchups against the Clippers, Thunder, and Heat. Packages start as low as $54, plus the first 200 packs purchased will include a $25 gift card to Woodhouse Day Spa. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your Valentine's three-game flex pack today. NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge, your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Sean Kelly with you here on this Tuesday. And Jabari Greer uh, joins up with us, the cornerback for the New Orleans Saints, coincidentally enough, right here on Media Day for the Super Bowl up in New Jersey. That'll be interesting enough. But uh, Jabari, uh, first of all, I guess uh, congratulations on – on another season complete, I know that you're resting and rehabbing. Uh, before we get started, I guess talking about the Super Bowl, how are things with the knee? What's it going? Oh well, things are going well. Um, the training staff at our, our facility has been—they've been, they've been uh, incredible in making sure that we're uh, we're pushing ahead, that we're uh, being challenged every day, and that they're putting a comprehensive reha- rehabilitation program together to make sure. Uh, I, I'm ahead of I'm I'm ahead of schedule. Every time I've talked to you, you're a glass half full guy. You always seem to see the positive in things. Uh, this is not an easy road. Have you had any? I don't know moments where it became difficult. This this injury. Oh yeah, of of course. You know, um, when I had first got injured, um, and right after, uh, right after my surgery, 
the first week, you know, I was seeing a lot of progress because obviously before I, I couldn't walk, I couldn't walk on it. But the first week I was starting to start, I was starting to do things like step ups and, and, and leg swings. And, um, and then actually, I believe it might've been the second week where things started to stall. And then um, the spirit came over me and let me know that it was going to be a long road. And at that moment, when I realized that it wasn't, it was going to be something I'm, that I'm going to have to deal with for a while. Um, it, there was a moment, there was a, 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 a good couple of days where um, I became, uh, I became depleted, where I, I lost, uh, I, I really couldn't see the, uh, the hope that I have now. And I mean, through, through wise counsel and, and, um, you know, great friends and family, um, you know, they've, uh, they've truly, um, inspired me and, and given me a spirit of, uh, of gratitude for the moment, you know, and realizing that, um, this is the season that I'm in now, uh, but in time, man, I'll be able to, my, my, my knee's going to be stronger than ever. That's good stuff. Jabari, when you, when you, when you look back at the season and I know there's the injury for you personally, and I know there are some okay. goals that were not met by the football team, but have you had enough time now to look back and say whether or not this season for the team, for the Saints, was a success or not? Well, I think that you have to consider a couple of things. What do you what do you uh, what do you consider a success? If you consider a success, dealing with adversity, um, and you know making um, ten plus one season, going to the playoffs, then yeah. Yeah, then then it will would be success. But I think that we have uh, very high aspirations in our locker room, uh, and ultimately we want to win championships. Ultimately, we we want to maximize um, the opportunity and the talent that we have. And I think that there are some there are some games, and there are some um, uh, there are some things that we we didn't get to capitalize on. You know, we wanted to win the NFC South. That's our first uh, our main goal. We didn't get to do that. Uh, we did win our first uh, our first game, but we usually like a, a, um, that first round bye with home field advantage. We didn't get to have that. So in that sense, you know, um, we can say that we didn't achieve all our goals. But the the men that we played with, the growth that we showed throughout the uh, throughout the year, uh, the guys that had to come in and play at a high level, you know, seeing that that growth and and uh, just playing with your brothers for another year, man, and and experiencing the ups and downs of the season with them. You know that was definitely a success, and you know there there were relationships and moments built this year that will carry us on for the rest of our lives. Saints cornerback Jabari Greer, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Jabari, it's Super Bowl week, um, and it as, is. as we speak here on this Tuesday, Yay. yes, it is media. What's you know? Let me take <laughs> you back to the o nine ten season. You know, from a yeah. player's standpoint, what is this week like? Uh the media media week or Super Bowl week? Yeah, let's just go with the week of the week of the game. Um, the the week of the game. It is, um, you know, it's different because you're you're away from your facility, but you have you know the same type of preparation, the same type of ex- well, actually greater expectations put on you to perform at a high level. You know, there's so much uh, going on around. Um, around the Super Bowl, so you have you know family visiting. You're at, you're at a new location. You know you you try to establish a routine as quick as possible. Um, professional football players are creatures of habit. 
and the you know the the quicker that we can establish our routine and get settled in it, then the more successful we'll be. And you know the best players they do that um, early. So once you go into uh, you have media media days usually uh, the first couple of days. Um, you have practicing at at certain at the certain facilities in which you'll be using. You'll still be working out, and you know throughout throughout that time, you still have uh, time to experience the um, the 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 events that surround Super Bowl that uh, allows you to uh, enjoy the uh, the road that you you've taken to get there. So, not only are you preparing, but you 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 know you're able to go to a nice steakhouse uh, steakhouses with the guys and enjoy. Um, enjoy shows at Broadway. I'm sure these guys will will enjoy uh, New York for um, for the many opportunities that it's going to present them. Did you enjoy the media day? I did. You know, um, the thing was that the media day was um, it, obviously it, it's a it's a, a large part of uh, the Super Bowl. You know, you have uh, so many reporters and stations from all over the world, man. You you talk to stations from Mexico, stations from Germany, and then you have uh, you have interviews with um, kids who are, are aspiring to be reporters. And I mean, you just never know who you're going to to talk to. But I always thought there was it was it was a little different for me, man. I I I, I see things a little different, you know, because you know there are certain players that have their boots um, that that reporters want to talk to. Obviously, you know, players, uh, guys are going to want to talk to the quarterback and and the star player. But then you have so many other players that are on your team that have have contributed to the success. You have your practice squad players, those guys that came in week uh, week four or five that have have been um, substantial role players that are just out. And that that don't have a seat, that don't have a booth, that's just out walking around, just looking for you're not looking for attention, but but gaining no attention. So it's like, um, you know, they they it, it's weird because you see so many people that garner so much attention, but then you see some guys that've been so critical to our success that they can't even beg for an interview. So it's it's weird in that aspect. <laughs> it sounds very unique. Um, yeah. Jabari, you play one of those positions that doesn't, as you mentioned, you know, about the media day setup, you play one of those positions that probably doesn't get as much attention as it, as it may, or as it should, I guess. Um, what yeah. was, you know, Richard Sherman's going to get a lot of attention this week, um, at, during Super Bowl week because okay. of his post-game comments after the NFC championship game. What did, what did you think about how all that went down after the game? Uh, well, I mean, I think that he made a heck of a play, man. And when you make a play like that, he's been playing at a high level all year. So um, I guess that's the conflict. You know, you have a guy that made some comments that, um, you know, didn't really go over well with a lot of people outside the game. But he's playing at such a high level that, you know, what can you say, you know? Um, I think that humility goes a long way. And not only – in front of the camera, but uh, in your life. And I don't know him personally, but um, I'm sure that the the moments after that game, you know, he was filled with um, emotion and adrenaline. And, you know, that's just the game that we play. That's just the game that we play. And obviously that's the way that he plays. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to judge him as a person or as a professional. But obviously I think that he's been um, 
you know, uh, I think that he's garnered so much success because he has been an outspoken person. He's been a guy that um, people gravitate towards. They want to see what he's going to do next. And not only that, but he's 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 having the kind of uh, seasons that, that garner that attention. So he's backing it up with his play. And, um, you know, you can't do anything but respect it. As a player, you know, I, I respect it. For the most part, we have that cooling off period, as you know, Jabari. You guys go into the locker room post game. You're allowed to meet as a team, cool off for a few minutes, gather your thoughts before the media comes in. Um, but yeah. you do have you do have what we call walk off interviews, like what we saw with with Richard Sherman. Um, are you okay. are you okay with that? Do you do you think that we must always have a cooling off period as a player, or are you okay with interviewing guys right at the end well, of the game? Not, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm okay with. It. I'm okay with it because there are so many times in the, in, in the course of the game in which you have to control your emotions. You have to keep your emotions in check for the good of the team. And that's just that's what we do. We're, we're, our profession is um, really keeping our emotions and our, um, our, uh, our spirit either um, keeping it alive or keeping it at bay at certain moments throughout the game. We have to be able to rise up to the occasion. We have to be able to um, know when to when to hold off. So, um, in that uh, in that thought, when you have that post game interview, you know we're we're professionals, and even though you get um, even though you get emotional, even though you might be um, uh, you know um, upset, I think that we've had enough training. We ha- we've had enough of uh, we have enough control to be able to um, understand what we're saying and um, be held accountable for that. So, uh, you know, um, I'm all for it. Okay. Uh, Jabari Greer, quarterback with the New Orleans Saints, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, Jabari, before I let you go, you got a winner for me on Sunday? Seahawks or Broncos? (laughs) You know what, man? Um, I don't have a winner yet. I don't know. You know, since being a corner, I definitely want, I don't know if this is champs last year, man. He's had a an incredible uh, career, you know. I I, I want to see him go out with one man. I want to see him be successful. And being down in New Orleans, man, and playing at the University of Tennessee, I always want to see Peyton be successful. So, um, you know, I, I I root for certain players. I root for certain players, but I know that those those two teams is going to uh, they're going to clash and it's going to be a heck of a game. Yeah, good stuff. Jabari, I can't wait to see you back here at the facility on Airline Drive. It's always fun when you're around, and uh, continued success on your rehab. I know with your faith well, and, you, and your work ethic, it's going to go well. It is. Thank you. I appreciate that. You got it. Jabari Greer, right, gracious enough to join us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, he'll be watching this Sunday. You know it. The Super Bowl is this weekend, and our coverage of that continues here shortly after these quick timeouts on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News and World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. 
At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is, I just saw your test results and they look great. No problems. Leading edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Frosty Cleveland on this Tuesday. The Black and Blue Report continues with the point guard of the Pelicans. That's Brian Robertson. Nine games now as the starting point guard. Uh, Brian Roberts is averaging about 12 points a game. You feeling more comfortable now in this new role? I am. You know, getting uh, getting those games under my belt. You know, I'm starting to get more comfortable with, uh, you know, what the team needs and, you know, how I can pick and choose my spots to, to be aggressive and make plays. So um, I'm feeling feeling pretty confident right now at this point. Is playing games the only way to do that? Yeah, I mean, you can't really explain, you know, how to be a starting point guard in the league. You have to, you know, go through it a couple of times and have some some ups and downs. But, um, yeah, it's nothing that you can really talk about. You just have to go through it. But having been in the system for a while, did you feel like you had a head start? It's not like, you you know, this was an abrupt, yeah. you know, change for you. Yeah, I kind of understood, um, you know, not only the plays, but, you know, where I can be aggressive and where I need to put guys in positions to be successful. So, um, yeah, understanding the offense and, you know, how coach wants to play, that was that was big. What do you want to do better? Um, what I want to do better? Um, I, I want to be aggressive in all four quarters. I think, um, you know, I, I want to jump out and get off to good starts. And then um, I usually have done a good job of that. But, you know, I want to keep, keep that level of aggression and, and uh, aggressiveness, you know, throughout the whole game. You guys have won three of your last four. Things are looking up a little bit here. Yeah, you know, we, you know, we we have some uh, some guys out, and um, you know, with, with this group we have, we just want to compete, man, and play hard, and you know, just um, not worry too much about the results. But I, I think with this group, as long as we play hard, we're going to be in every game, and um, you know, fortunately, the last few we've been able to finish some. In the last three wins, you guys have had double-digit steals. I don't know if you knew that or not, but uh, that's that's a nice number to have. I'm curious as to how you're getting them. Uh, I don't know. I just think, um, like I said, we're just competing, and uh, you know, it's kind of strength in numbers on offense and defense. We're we're playing together as a unit on both ends of the floor, and and when we do that, you know, we put ourselves in good positions to to make plays. I wish I could tell you, you had an easy assignment tonight, but you don't. Tell me more about Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's about you know one of the toughest assignments you can get. Um, I mean, he's ultra talented. Um, he's uh, he's a guy that can shoot the ball. He can use both hands around the basket. He can penetrate. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to have to. It's going to take a, a team effort to you know try to slow him down. But the Cavs in general, they're a pretty talented team. So it's going to be a challenge for us tonight. Are there any tricks that I mean, after watching film or having faced him before, are there any tricks that you can use against a guy that seems as prolific as he is? Um, you know, I mean, some guys you say, yeah. oh, I'm going to try and make him go left. Or, yeah. you know, what, what is it with him? I think just try to attack him on the other end, really. Um, you know, because offensively he has you know, all the tricks um, to be successful. So, you know, on the defensive end, I just want to be able to, to make him play defense and maybe just kind of fatigue him a little bit. But um, it's, it's going to be tough. Is he harder in pick and roll? Is he harder off the dribble? What's the, what's the hardest part about it? chasing him I guess I think just watching his his change of speed his change of pace you know he kind of he can lull guys to sleep and then he can just burst into an opening that he sees that's that's the toughest part of uh, of guarding him is just 
the way that he plays at his own pace, but can change it at an instant. How many tickets did you have to get for tonight? I know home, home was what, a couple hours away? Yeah, a couple hours away. We just came from Detroit, so I had about 19 there. I think we're going to have close to that, if not more here. So um, it's always good to, to come up here and, and see family and friends. So I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy. Good luck tonight. Thanks. Ryan Roberts with us here on the Black and Blue Report as we continue this morning from Cleveland, Ohio. Back in a moment. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand? That's the power of people. Entergy. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Saturday, February 1st, when the Chicago Bulls come to town. Tip-offs at 7 p.m. with the first 10,000 fans receiving a free T-shirt courtesy of Morris Bart. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30, featuring live music, the Zataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets are limited and are available by visiting pelicans.com today. This is Pelicans guard Anthony Morrow, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. On tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, we'll wrap up the Pelicans game versus the Cavaliers, which takes place tonight at 6 Central on Fox Sports New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. David Wesley will stop by on a Wesley Wednesday, and we'll have a whole lot more for you, including more from New York and the Super Bowl with Fox Sports' Chris Myers on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for our program today from Cleveland, Ohio. Our thanks to David Baker, Jabari Greer, and Brian Roberts for stopping by. Stay safe, won't you? And don't forget the Black and Blue Report is yours. Weekdays starting at noon central on NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com, the two team mobile apps, and of course on iTunes. The Twitter handle for the Black and Blue Report is at Black Blue Report. You can also find me on Twitter as well, at Sean Kelly Live. I am Sean Kelly, and our thanks to Daniel Sallerson for his help on the program today. We'll see you tonight on the radio as the Pelicans go for a season sweep of the Cleveland Cavaliers at the queue. That's the yours at 6 Central. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.